Let us now give our attention to the reading and the hearing of the word of God found in Hosea chapter 12. Ephraim feedeth on wind and followeth after the east wind. He daily increaseth lies and desolations and they do make a covenant with the Assyrians and oil is carried into Egypt. The Lord hath also a controversy with Judah and will punish Jacob according to his ways. According to his doings, he will recompense him. He took his brother by the heel in the womb and by his strength he had power with God. Yea, he had power over the angel and prevailed. He wept and made supplication unto him. He found him in Bethel and there he spake with us. Even the Lord God of hosts, the Lord is his memorial. Therefore turn thou to thy God, keep mercy and judgment, and wait on thy God continually. He is a merchant, the balances of deceit are in his hand. He loveth to oppress. And Ephraim said, Yes, I am become rich, I have found me out substance in all my labors, They shall find none iniquity in me that were in sin. And I I that am the Lord thy God from the land of Egypt will yet make thee to dwell in tabernacles as in the days of the solemn feast. I have spoken also by the prophets and I have multiplied visions and used similitudes by the ministry of the prophets. Is there iniquity in Gilead? Surely they are vanity. They sacrifice bullocks in Gilgal. Yea, their altars are as heaps in the furloughs of the fields. And Jacob fled into the country of Syria, and Israel served for a wife, and for a wife he kept sheep. And by a prophet the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt, and by a prophet was he preserved. Ephraim provoked him to anger most bitterly, Therefore shall he leave his blood upon him, and his reproach shall his Lord return unto him. And this is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. As we continue uh, looking at a series of sermons from the prophet Hosea here in this uh, prophecy, We come to chapter 12 and we find this passage describing for us a deceitful nation that defrauds its God. If there was one theme that comes out of chapter 12, it is that theme of a deceitful nation. And as we look at this passage, we have already seen how the Lord has called Israel to follow him, how the Lord has brought judgment upon her. How he has chastised her for her sins. How he commands her to turn away from her wickedness and her idolatry. And so we come to chapter 12. And we see three things here as we consider our passage before us. We see that Israel is deceitful by breaking the covenant that God has made with her. Secondly, we see the identity of God as Israel's God. And then thirdly, we see the judgment that will come. The prophet has been speaking of judgment to come. 
that judgment will come at a later day, but he describes through the prophet that the judgment will come. And as we look at our passage this morning and consider the deceitfulness of Israel in breaking this covenant that God had made for them, go back to chapter 11, verse 12, and we see that Ephraim compassed me about with lies and the house of Israel with deceit, but Judah yet ruleth with God and is faithful with the saints. And so there in that first part of verse 12 and continuing in chapter 12, Verse 1, we see that Israel has deceived the Lord, her God. We saw that in verse 12. That Ephraim, that is Israel, compassed me about with lies. And the house of Israel is filled with deceit. And here is the sad commentary that the prophet describes. That Israel, who was called to be a nation, a holy people, continues to persist in her sin. And so we see that she is deceitful, that she has defrauded God, that she has defrauded that covenant that he made with her. Notice there in verse 1 of chapter 12, as you continue to see the deceitfulness of this covenant nation that has called to follow and serve God, it says that she feedeth on the wind. She's feeding or grazing on the wind and pursuing the east wind. These are images that are used within the prophecy of the futility that describes the alliances that Israel makes with these godless nations. Notice it says there in verse 1 that she will make a covenant with the Assyrians and she will carry her oil into the land of Egypt. And so this, this uh, phrase that they will uh, per- feed on the wind and follow after the east wind, it's this imagery of Israel making these alliances with God. And it's like casting something to the wind. It's just carried away. It's futile. And that's the thought here, is that when they make that covenant with godless nations when they make that alliance with these foreign nations, it is vanity. It will come to nothing. It's like casting something to the wind. And that's the imagery we see here. But there, as he describes the deceitfulness of Israel, he says that God will make an announcement of a lawsuit. And we see that there in verse Two, that the Lord has a controversy with Judah. And he will punish Jacob according to his ways, according to his doings. He will recompense them. This word controversy that's used here is a legal term. And we've seen this before, but the Lord is bringing an indictment against the land of Israel. He's bringing an indictment against Judah. Now we've seen that The Lord's judgment in the book of Hosea is to that northern kingdom, to Israel. But now we see he introduces that southern kingdom. That Jacob is not without sin. But yet her sin was nothing compared to the sin of the northern kingdom. And we see here that even though God has a controversy with her, she will not judge her 
as he will judge Israel. And so God will judge Jacob as he will all of his covenant people according to his ways. And so we see that God has this indictment against her. But notice in verses 3 through 6, and we we kind of see here in chapter 12, that it's going back and forth between the deceitfulness of Israel and the faithfulness of God. Even though Israel had deceived God and was unfaithful, we see the faithfulness of God in verses 3 through 6. He took his brother by his heel in the womb, and by his strength he had power with God. Here this takes us back to that account in Genesis chapter 25, where we see he took his brother by the heel. It speaks of the character of Israel. It's traced to the fact that Jacob is derived from the word meaning heel. It has this idea of supplanting or overtaking and suggests that Jacob's propensity to control and manipulate was in mind here. And so we see that even though there's some manipulation, we see that the angel in verse 4 with whom Jacob wrestled was the angel of the Lord. Uh, Reference there in Genesis chapter 32 verses 24 through 28, but we see that he has prevailed with God, and yet here in the passage, particularly in verse 4, now this is not uh, related anywhere in the scripture, but it says he made a supplication unto him, found him in Bethel, and there he spoke with us, even the Lord our God of hosts, he is a memorial. And so we see a lot of attention to Old Testament history. And in that history, we oftentimes just look at it as history, but we see spiritual lessons for us. That Hosea is speaking of the generations of Israel. He's speaking of the patriarch of Jacob. And we see Jacob wrestling with an angel, which is that illustration to us of that prevailing with God in prayer. And we see that as he prevails with God, we see there in verses 5 and 6, that he prevails and even the Lord of hosts, the Lord his God, is his memorial. The Lord is the God of the armies. He is the commander in chief. He is the one who is the protector and the king of his people. And there in the end of this section we see the faithfulness of God there when he says the prophet implores the nation to pursue favor with God. How do we pursue favor with God? We turn away from our sin, we repent and we maintain those obligations within that covenant that he has made with us. But there's always a persistence. There's always this wrestling with God that comes by faith. And as we see the wrestling with the angel there in the Old Testament, we see this vivid picture that we are called to wrestle. We are called to pursue the Lord our God by faith. And that is something we see here in the book of Hosea that God calls us to faith. He called Israel to faith. That's the message of the book of Hebrews. 
that they are not to fall into sin in the wilderness, but they are to pursue God by faith. And so we come back in verses 7 and 8 to this theme of Israel as a deceiver. It says here he's a merchant. The balances of deceit are in his hand. He loveth to oppress. That word merchant there refers to the word Canaan. And there we find that the nation has transgressed the law of God. They have turned away from him. And yet the Lord calls them to repentance. And so as we see the faithfulness of God, as we see Israel continuing in her sin, we see again in verses 9 and 10 God's faithfulness. The prophets going back and forth here between the deception of Israel and the faithfulness of Israel's God. Notice what he says there in verse 9. I am the Lord thy God, that I am the Lord thy God from the land of Egypt will make thee to dwell in tabernacles as in the day of the solemn feasts. And here is a reminder that God gives to Israel that he will remain constant, that he will maintain his favor with the nation whom he had delivered out of Egypt. And that's the reminder to the people, I took you out of the land of Egypt. You are my people. And now you will be you are betrothed to me, so now you must continue to remain faithful. And so God is always pursuing his people. But we see there in verse 11, an example of deceit. Is there iniquity in Gilead? Surely they are vanity. They sacrifice, they sacrifice bullocks in Gilgal. Yet their altars are as heaps in the furloughs of the field. So we see here that the prophet signals out Gilead as a place where they were unfaithful to God. We see that they were idolaters, that they had fallen into sin, that they committed gross sins. And yet the Lord shows them how deceitful and how wicked they are. But then we see there in verses 12 through 13... That Jacob fled into the country and Israel served for a wife. And by a prophet the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt and by a prophet was he preserved. We see here the faithfulness of God again, particularly in verses 12 and 13. As we go back to verse 10, the prophet says, I have also spoken by prophets. The Lord says through the prophet, I've spoken by prophets. I have multiplied their visions. I've used similitudes by the ministry of the prophets. Charles Spurgeon had a wonderful comment regarding this particular verse that I found very helpful. He says, to win Israel, he has done everything according to his purpose. He has given them precepts. He has taught them with a rod. He has taught them with pestilence. And sometimes he has taught them with bounties and provision. And yet their hearts remained hard. And so he reminds them, I have called out to you. I have given 
you continual warnings. I have called you to repentance, and yet you have not heeded my voice. How much more could the Lord God do as he calls his people by his word, as he gives them signs and wonders in their midst, as they've seen the ministry of the prophets, he calls them to repentance. And yet their hearts remain hard and dull. I think there's a lesson for us here as we consider this passage. And that is that God is always good and kind to us. We see his bounty each day in the provision that he makes for us. We see his goodness in those daily blessings and gifts that he gives to us. And yet oftentimes we ignore that. Oftentimes we turn against the Lord our God. And yet he reminds them in verse 14. That he will come in judgment. Ephraim provoked him to anger most bitterly. Therefore shall he leave his blood upon him. And his reproach shall his Lord return unto him. And so we must be diligent to maintain that covenant that God has made with us. We oftentimes can be deceitful as the scripture reminds us because our hearts are desperately wicked. And yet the Lord our God continually calls unto us with repentance. The Lord looks with favor upon Israel. And notice how the Lord God continually seeks after her. You know, sometimes it's easy for us, for our patience to run thin. But one thing we see in this, the prophecy of Hosea is God is patient and kind toward his people. That the Lord is always faithful and kind toward us. And if we see any lessons from this passage, let us be reminded that our hearts can indeed be deceitful. And yet the Lord our God is always faithful. And he calls his people to repentance. And so let us give glory and honor to our God as we continue to worship and serve him. And may he indeed give us grace to be faithful to his commands. Let us sing to the glory of our God, Psalm 119G, unto me thy word remember. <laughs>